Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country, 52 stations on the brand new listener app. You've been looking forward to this. I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. We had Johnny in. It was absolutely awesome. Heaps of messages coming in. I have them in the studio. Brand new album is out. Of course, I'm talking about... One of the best live bands you'll see, DMAs. It's, we know, feel like 37, the glow, silver. And their brand new album is incredible. You like what you've heard so far. And we've been spinning this non-stop. Welcoming in Johnny and Tommy from uh, DMAs. Welcome to Triple M, man. It's great to see you guys. Hey. Woo! Hey, albums. How are we doing? Albums out. Hey, before we touch on that, how was your wedding? It was a bloody great party. It was <laughs> yeah. a great party. Yeah. Had a lot of close friends there. Do you know what my favorite part of it was? Yeah. Just seeing like a couple of random people that, that you know, whether it be family or people from the industry that you've worked with or, and whatnot, just talking to each other, you know, and just yeah. like, and just like, oh my God, those two people who I love from different <laughs> facets of my life are just having a, gr- a great chat there and laughing, you know, and that kind of stuff was cool. And let's talk about the wedding band. Bad dreams. What a band. Oh, what was that? And I saw like there was a rotating cast of people getting up and singing as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tommy got tune. up. Yeah. Nice. Tommy got up and we'll, we'll, we, the three of us play a tune. Um, uh, my wife, Haley, who sings in the band called the Jezebels. Yeah. Uh, but also does a solo, solo thing under Haley Mary. She got up and, and uh, sung me a song. And, oh, cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Did it be- Uso's wedding. Oh, I was going to say. Uso's wedding. Did it yeah. become just like one of those rotating casts where like someone's on the bass and then they got a bit tired, so someone else would just get up and play, and that was the way it kind of worked? Yeah, that was kind of the vibe. It was awesome. Yeah, awesome, man. Hey, let's talk brand new album, man. We've been talking about this for a while. Uh, how does it feel to finally have this out? Is this the most satisfying release for you guys, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was one of the toughest records to make. Um, it took the longest, but now it's out, and... Um, I listened back to it. I'm super proud of it. And, um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. It was, um, like Tommy said, it was, it was the longest like we've made and probably the toughest album we've made. Like when we first got in and did Hills End, our debut, we were, you know, we were just kind of like, we're very much, we we're kind of doing that throwback nineties guitar thing, which is great. It's why, you know, why, um, lots of people kind of jumped on board with DMAs. Mm. Um, but it only took us a couple of, um, weeks to make, you know, yeah. and then we we're happy with it. So I don't know if it's um the style of record this one is, or maybe it's just we're a bit older and we're thinking about things differently. But yeah. this one definitely had a lot more hurdles. Yeah. But um but now feeling like super rewarding now it's out. And like we were saying before and, and Tommy, you probably feel the same. Like having those two weeks off, uh two weeks, two years off with COVID, it sucked not being able to play live, but work on other things as well. Maybe it was lyrics, maybe it was songwriting and, and production for you. Yes. Well, Johnny? That's right. 
And I felt like we learned a lot from Stuart Price when we did the Glow, our previous record. And um, but that was very much kind of like, you know, like I said, we we were kind of known for doing this '90s kind of blur oasis kind of throwback sound, yeah. you know. And uh, working with Stuart Price on the Glow, he kind of brought DMAs into the future. And we learned so much from him that when we had that two years to kind of chill out, um, yeah, we decided to muck around with kind of more modern uh, aspects of production, but still kind of kept that nostalgic, um, happy, sad genre that that DMAs that we do, you know? Absolutely, man. It's from the get-go. How many dreams? Holy shit. <laughs> Sounds good. Great. It's the... Uh, from How could... Uh. See, like a song like that, right? It's got the it's got the dirty guitar still, but yeah. then it's got that little arp and the synth coming yes. through, and, and I feel like we're blending those kind of things. Uh, we wouldn't have done that, you know, uh, uh, two albums ago. Absolutely. And let's talk about who you worked with as well. Uh, Constantine, like incredible producer for those who don't know. New to the show, like Tones and I, Spacey Jane, Amy Shuck, just a... A wealth of knowledge from the belligerents. Uh, it's worked on Jungle Giants. What was it kind of like bouncing ideas off from him in the studio? He was super cool, super relaxed. Um, he always made us feel real comfortable. And, he, um, you know, no idea was a bad idea, which I think is really important when you're making music. Um, but, yeah, lovely guy. Um, yeah, he's become a great friend now. So, yes, yeah, I look it, forward to working with and, him again. And it was exciting because we like we went over to London we were working with Stuart Price and Rich Cossey two amazing huge names and we yeah. did a lot of great work over there but what happened is we got back to Sydney um and it was like like what the hell did we just do over there like it, it just happened so quickly <laughs> yeah, we didn't yeah, really yeah. have time to analyze anything and so then when we got in the studio with Colin we were kind of like all right all right yeah yeah like that nah but we want to change this up and we really got to um uh, we got to take our time with it, but that's, as, as you know, bro, that's like the fun part of the record. You know, you've, you've kind of got all the bits there and then you're piecing it all together and doing the synths and like you're doing those final guitar parts where it's like the adhesive that, you know, it's like, whoa, I could hear this on the radio now, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's a really exciting um, period of, of making the record. And an exciting time for you guys, especially live. You're playing to massive crowds as well. And when I hear songs like How Many Dreams and the whole record, I see the light show, you know, like I see like the next level in production. I just see you guys going to the next level as a band. Were you guys kind of focused on that as well? Like from playing live, like maybe subconsciously, you're like this new sound and this new show. There's been a few times where like, since the shows have been getting bigger, like we played Ali Pally in, uh, last, uh, in London last year and um, uh, Liverpool Arena um, and stuff like that. And it was kind of like, you start think you do think of it a little bit differently after you mm. start playing some gigs like that because you're like, oh, okay, I'm not just writing these like rock and roll songs that I kind of I did when I was younger. It's like you kind of think about it a little bit more, and that's why we did How Many Dreams. I mean, it's got a two and a half minute intro before the vocals come in, and um, could yeah, definitely Im- imagine that. Good warm up um, song, you know, walk yeah, on yeah, song. good walk on <laughs> song, good good opening track for for a record. Well, it's like you were saying before, like uh, um, Johnny came in, Tom. We had a chat, and you like you said you got to Ali Pally, ten thousand people, and then you're like, "What are all these bloody trucks doing here?" And you're like, "It's for you." <laughs> yes, <laughs> you that's right. I mean? Like it's getting to that level now. Yeah, and I was always like, you know, um, I'd see uh, like I don't know someone like Beck or someone like that. I'm like. Why does he need like? <laughs> why does he need three of these? Uh, you know, eight ton, eight ton trucks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, probably bigger. Yeah, you know. And I was like, like, why do they need all this gear? And then you kind of realize that, 
um, you know, people, are, they have to build the stage, they have to bring in the PA. Or the, yeah, totally. Because um, that's what you have to do when you start getting to those um, arena kind of yeah. style venues. How fun is it going to be? I, I think you guys are the best at it, hands down, at stripping down a song and performing it. On this record store tour that you're doing around the UK, have you guys had much of a chance to, you know, is it easy to visualize these songs just strip back in acoustic? Is that how you're doing it? Yeah, well, um, most of these tunes, even the big anthemic dancey ones, they they're written on a... Um, Acoustic guitar or piano. Awesome. So it's awesome. kind of like taking it back to its original form. Cool. Um, which we've, we always find pleasant. And yeah. It's nice to perform those songs in, in its original way. Um, but yeah, I think the first gig is in the cavern in Liverpool. Sick. Oh. My, where my family's from. So, cool. um, that's going to be quite special. Um, yeah. So and, yeah. And I guess there's a chance for like, um, you know, fans to see you kind of strip back and, and do like a whole set, you know, I guess that's pretty rare when you think about it. Cause you know, you're playing these huge venues now. It's quite a, you know, unique experience for a DMAs fan. Yeah. And we're doing some signings after and going to yeah. meet everyone. Cool. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be in touch with, um, you know, people that like your music. Bro, it's well, going to be hectic. It's going to be like your we, first um, gig. Yeah. Well, doing <laughs> funny. Um, we actually did a, uh, MTV unplugged, um, record in Melbourne and, and, all around the world, like all our fans really love that. So it's going to be like a mini version of that. Nice. I really love the thing you guys did. Uh, it was that video guy that you guys recorded, like quite intimate of you guys on the road, kind of literally following you on a tour around the UK and how like grinding it can be sometimes. Is it good to kind of have a nice break before you get back out there? Cause I just had a look, you're playing some huge festivals as well. Good to kind of the calm before the storm. Yeah, it's always good to recharge, get a bit healthy. Yeah, yeah. Or you get a bit unhealthy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, you you, we, you have to, you got to be smart about it these days. You, you know, we've, we've, we've got families and stuff at home, so mm. we're just like, you know, we go, okay, we know, we're, we know it's going to be fun and we're going to, we're going to have a bit of a laugh when we're on tour. So when I'm at home, spend time. Yoga. You know, with the family, Pilates. yoga, <laughs> hit the gym, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Uh since the last time we had you guys on, all, all I'm getting is questions. So I'd like to read out a couple of questions to get your answer about this uh, this record. Uh, what was your favorite moment in the studio putting this album together? Was there like, you might've heard a guitar track back or maybe you come up with a different vocal idea. Was there like one moment in the studio that you look back on and you're like, man, that was so cool. Oh, for me, there was one time in, um, in London uh, so we've got, a, there's, uh, the, the final track on the album's called Decale mm. and that's a pretty heavy, it's oh, the it's most dancey yeah, kind totally. of track we've ever released. Yeah. And, um, and I've been really excited for ages, um, since we all, since we worked on it in the studio to get that song out, um, because it's different for us and it's like kind of the, there's not that many guitars on it and whatnot. Anyway, pretty much most of the tracks stayed the same. We changed the lyric, some lyrics, um, and uh, re-recorded some bass lines and stuff like that. Nice. But there was one particular take when Stuart Price, so um, one of the producers, Stuart, um, he did uh, Madonna's Confessions on the Dance Floor. He's done stuff with Jewel Leaper and The Killers and no stuff way. like that. Yeah, cool. And he's just basically a synth wizard, a wizard in general. Anyway, he did this take on a Jupiter Eight. Um, uh, where basically he just, um, it was, it was quite remarkable watching it and you can hear in Decale, there's this big, um, kind of pitch bend synthesized sound. It like breaks and goes, and basically watching him do that <laughs> yeah. live was, um, that was a, it, it was, it was a, it was a moment. Yeah. Know? Sick, man. You, you got one? Uh, I think we had a song called, um, Dear Future, which was very much country tune. Mm. And then, um, we realized kind of, we needed to kind of bring it out of its shell. Yep. Um, and then we put like a hip hop 
beat to it. Yeah. And then once that kind of beat was brought into the song, it kind of changed the vibe and really, really brought about a different. Yeah. um, Con put that hip hop beat on. And then, um, there was a guitar part that our guitarist Joel had, had worked on in the studio. And we, and instead of playing it on the guitar, Con put the same melody to, um, strings. And that became nice. the string riff in it. Yeah, I was going to say the instrumental on that track's really cool, especially yes. the intro. Uh, what was uh, the most? Uh, hang on, what was that? What was the most eaten food during the recording? Was there a cuisine that you guys <laughs> snacked on more than any other? Well, we went to um, Bar Reggio. What's Dar- that in Darlinghurst in Sydney a lot? Oh yeah, it's a great, Italian a restaurant. great kind of like staple, nice old school Italian restaurant. How, wines. How's it stack up against Bill and Tony's? It's next door. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> much better, much better. Uh, one more question. What's been the most spinal tap DMAs moment oh, along the journey? There's, a, there's, there's a been a lot. Yeah, yeah. Share as many lot, as you mate. like. Um, oh, I'll leave it with Johnny. You can... Oh, God. Um, well. You guys ever missed a gig? <laughs> Have we yeah. missed a gig? I don't want to dictate the answer. I don't want that to dictate the answer. No, 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 that, that, that's probably a, um, there's a couple of moments, you know, there, there was one when we were playing, um, CMJ in New York and Tommy and, and Mason, um, so CMJ is basically kind of, uh, it's kind of like South by Southwest or, um, or, uh, it's like a showcase kind of, so you've got your half an hour set and you have to play in that half an hour. Anyway, Tommy and, um, and Mason, um, really need to do their laundry. And so, um, <laughs> so basically they, they ran off, um, in, in Manhattan to go do their laundry Anyway, um, they were, um, the traffic is like, you know, horrible in the New Brooklyn York City. The Brooklyn Bridge got closed down. <laughs> oh, is so that what had, happened? Yeah, yeah so yeah. we had to like. Oh, you know, had to get on the tube walk, and stuff. <laughs> and then, um, and we're, we're literally standing on stage with like a full, um, full room in pianos, yeah. um, this little venue in, um, Lower East Side. Yeah. And we're just standing there awkwardly because we're like, okay, we're ready to do it. And these guys come in and just sweating <laughs> and just had to walk through the crowd. And we were just like, all right, you good? And then like straight into feels like 37. <laughs> One of the most intense tracks you guys Yeah, have. like 157 <laughs> B- BPM or something like that. <laughs> and everyone's thinking it's like a real kind of rock moment that you're missing, but it's like, nah, I've just got to, I don't have any clean clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's been a few, that was just one of them. Any others that spring to mind? Oh, we got like, um, our van got, um, like stuck in the mud at Glastonbury and we we all had to get out with our gumboots on and like push it up the hill. Yeah. You know, our first like playing Glastonbury, it's going to be, you know, such an iconic moment for us. And then all I remember from it is just like getting stuck in the mud. (laughs) Yeah. And having to push the car through the the mud. Uh, Hey, this was such a last, uh, a hit last time I had you on, mate. And we've had so many more requests to do this. Uh, Tommy, this is a, this is a segment we play here. So this is called Memory Lane. This is when I go through the gig history. Huge response to your last one. It was oh, wow. Uh, cool. Just, just massive. We've never had more messages. So I go through your gig history, right? Yeah. And I just pluck out random gigs to see what you remember about it. It doesn't need to be the performance. It could be the before. It could be the after. And I've, I've found a couple more, okay? So we're going to Northcote Social Club, 2014. You played with World Champion. And you played with the Creases. Any memories from an early gig at the Northcote Social Club, 2014? I um, I know the venue because I I played in our other band. We played yeah, yeah, our in our first, first band, Underlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about your first trip to Melbourne as the DMAs? What do you remember about that? Oh, dude, 
um, we were actually talking, it was at the, a club called the Shabin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah which yeah, yeah. I don't think's there anymore. No, and cool. it was this little, like, hot sweat box. And um, we actually did a photo shoot um, earlier this month with um, Ian Laidlaw, um, the photographer who's a great um, Melbourne Legend. photographer. Yeah. And um, and he was like, oh, I was at that gig. He goes, that was crazy. Yeah. Michael Gidinski was there. And, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, was really special. That's cool. All right, well, let's go to 2015 Leeds Festival. <laughs> One of the headliners, we have Billy Joel. We also had Kendrick Lamar too and Tears for Fears. It uh, should be playing. First time to Leeds Festival. Any memories or is this kind of all blending into one? Oh, I just remember like looking at the debaucherous sort of tent situation <laughs> yeah. and just thinking, I'm glad I'm getting on my tour bus and getting out of here. So you just day in, day out at those festivals? Is that how it works for our listeners? When you do those big ones, you kind of, you're oh, in. Um, ba- ba- so back in those days, um, it was more like that because we were in a splitter van. And so uh, what you have to do is you have to drive a couple of hours normally and then jump in a um, uh, jump in a, uh, a hotel or whatever. Uh, but now that we've got the tour bus, basically the way the tour bus works, it leaves at 2 a.m., whether it's your own gig or at the festival, right? Because all the crew's got to pack down. And then what happens, the driver drives through the night and then you wake up in like Glasgow or something like that, which yeah, is awesome because you get your day off. So... Uh, recently when we played Ring and Leeds, we got to stay around and party nice. and that was cool and watch, and, and watch, uh, you know, um, the 1975 or whatever, whoever yeah. was on that, that day. But yeah, back in those early days, um, <laughs> not so much, but You're it's, pushing it. it's just been amazing for us because, um, the Reading and Leeds festival has, we play it every couple of years and that's been, that's kind of been like the, uh, um, what word am I looking for? Just like the uh, watching kind of progress, getting later yeah, in the day. Yeah, every time we thing. play it, um, we play it. It's like, oh, okay, okay, we did half a tent there. Now we're oh. playing a bit later. And now the full, now the whole tent's done. You know, and then like, oh shit, now we're on main stage. You know what I mean? So how many people in one bus when you guys travel around? The Landmark country? was the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. like ten. Ten. Yeah. So ten. Do you sleep ten on a bus, or do you need two buses? You can or? get sixteen on a bus. Can you really? So yeah. The less people on the bus, the better. Oh, absolutely. Especially yeah. when you got a snorer. Oh God! Where do you put him up the back on the couch? Where do I go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right at the back. Yeah. Uh, uh, I reckon you might remember this one. Let's go to 2016 Coachella. So we had Gunners, another headliner. Ice Cube too, and local favourites Courtney Barnett. Hotel, any memories? Yeah, I remember um, watching Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose was in a huge like armchair because he hurt his ankle. Oh, of course. Yeah, he sounded great. But yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. just this giant throne thing going, oh, I hope it, I don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember what time you guys were on? Like, uh, It was really hot. It was really oh, it early. It was really hot and it was really hot. early. And, um, I've got a couple of memories from... Um, <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, here oh, we oh go. these <laughs> are some Spinal Tap fucking moments. What you do? Do you drink too much or something? Oh, don't worry. We'll blow it out. No, no, no. We... um. Okay, so there was one when like I watched um <laughs> we watched Guns N' Roses and uh and I was stuck around with uh, my mate and then I was like, Oh yeah, I'll be able to find a lift home you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah. I start walking and I, I was I was pretty pissed and I was like <laughs> start walking and I was like, Yeah, I'll find the hotel. It's in the middle of the and desert. Then, <laughs> yeah. Next minute I'm in the middle of the desert <laughs> and like pretty damn drunk and like I thought I was going to die. I, I was like, I'm going to freeze to death out, out here. And then luckily, and like some, uh, I think an Uber or a taxi went by and yeah. like someone picked me up and managed to get me to the hotel. But I was like, this is it. 
This that, is it. That's I'm, like one of those Nat Geo docos, you know, like I shouldn't be alive kind of situation. Yeah, and I just went because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll work it out, you know, and um, which, which I did. Yeah. I, otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and another memory I had, and this was pretty funny. <laughs> so we rock up um, to our dressing room or, or, or when we um, uh, administration, you know, when you get your pass and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Anyway, someone comes in and goes, um, it was just when weed had become legal in, in the States. Here we go. All right. And they were like, oh, so do any of you guys smoke weed? And then I was like, uh, the only people, uh, I was smoking a lot of weed at the time. Um, I don't anymore. And so did our sound guy. Nice. Right. So anyway, yeah, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like a joof, you know, yeah, well, we're having this weed party, right? A so, weed party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it was all legal over there. Right. Yeah. And then, so it was crazy. We rocked up to this house. It was the most American cliche thing I'd ever done. Love it. And there was just like, everyone looked fucking perfect. <laughs> just yeah. like all the dudes had six packs and like, there's like, just like fucking just hot people everywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we rock up and they're like, oh yeah. So if you just do this little interview with us, anyway, they literally like gave me a joint or something. So uh. I did this interview. I was completely stoned out of my mind. Anyway, it was like, I was at the East show. And they whipped out this, they go, here, we got this um, gift bag for you. It was like, you know, it was like my show bag at the Easter show. And I went through it and there was like, there was um, like weed vapes, um, weed chocolate, gummies, <laughs> just straight up buds, just like, just all this like crazy stuff. Yeah. So that, that was pretty funny. And then I remember cause, um, <laughs> Mason doesn't smoke weed, Yeah. but, um, he woke up one night, um, in the middle of the night. And uh, went through this uh, full bar of chocolate. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah did realize oh, so it was my weed chocolate that I got given the thing. And he had one of the worst days of his life. Did you have yeah. a gig the next day? Uh, no, this because I oh, this was on God. the first weekend. And you do two weekends at Coachella. Oh, yeah. So you get that full week off. Yeah, which is great. You get the whole week off in LA. And then you go back and do it all again. Oh, Tommy, when he got back, was it one of those things where you're just like, he's so stoned you didn't believe him? It's like, hang on, you went to this party. Everyone had a six pack, good looking in bikinis, and now you're back with the show bag. Yeah, but I thought he may have just dreamt it. <laughs> Sleep on his hotel floor the whole time. Uh, let's go to an Australian festival because we had a lot of people that are at, uh, at this one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Groove in the Moo, Billy Eilish. Also, on that one, too, we had the Gurgitator, classic Australian band. Oh, yeah. And Coolio. Coolio by the Poolio. You guys yeah. make Coolio? Coolio by the Poolio. Yeah, they, Coolio met, by the Poolio. they, they met. Uh, the, so the Groove and the Moo do an after party um, on Magnetic Island. Yeah, I've been to that. That's fun. Yeah, that's, I've that's never been. I keep missing it. I oh, keep. They don't do something. it anymore. Yeah, and people and all the artists are going around on jet skis and stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And apparently, um, Coolio was um, was DJing or something. Yeah, or, or like um, just hanging by the pool. Yeah, and, and he kept on going, just get the mic and he go, Coolio by the pool. Oh, he yeah. dumped himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't there, but that's this is what our band members told me. We um played after Regurgitator. Nice through that um that festival, and um, watching them was really awesome. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I remember they were really awesome guys, but just an incredible band. How cool is it to, um, to, you know, and you know, you guys do this all over the world to kind of share the stage with bands that you have grown up with. Like, yeah. how cool, how cool is that? And to, and uh, Groove in the Moose is really cool because it's like a run of shows. Yeah. So you kind of get to know people and you can kind of make friends and stuff. So Yeah, and you get that kind of week break, yeah. pretty similar to Coachella, right? Yeah. Has there been like an ultimate kind of pinch yourself moment along the journey where you've just been like, holy shit, I can't believe... 
that happened? Oh, there's um, been a few, I guess, over the years. Um, you know, like for me, um, a few months ago, playing with Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, in nice. The domain in Sydney was a real sort of special moment because they're you know, one of my favorite bands. So, yeah. Uh, playing with Liam Gallagher at Finsbury Park. And, yeah. Um, yeah, there's been, there's been lots of cool moments. I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's definitely worth touching on that, Liam. Because we just saw, we saw videos here. And it blew our minds, like literally, like just the crowd, the atmosphere, like it's just like, it's just a different kind of fandom for the Gallaghers over there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it's just, that's such an important part of like the rock music history over there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's all the questions I have about that. Uh, just quickly, one more game because uh, a lot of people like this one as well. This one's called... On Triple M's Homegrown with Matteo, it's time for... Uh-oh... It's my party or dinner. So this is right party or dinner. We did this last time. Tommy, I'm going to give you three acts. You can write a song with them. You can party with them. Or you take them home to dinner with the family. Okay? <laughs> Pick completely at random. Your artists are. So we got Prince. Second artist. Hi, my name is what? My name is what? <laughs> my name is Eminem. Third act. All three members of Destiny's Child. So you have uh, Prince, Eminem, Destiny's Child. Who are we writing a song with? Who are we partying with? And who are we taking home to dinner? Um, writing a song with Prince. You both agree? Or no, we'll go We'll go separately. I, um, oh, actually, yeah. Writing a song with Prince would be pretty sick. I was going to say writing a song with be, um, Destiny's Child would be fucking cool. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, they're obviously super talented. And I think. We're never going to agree on this. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no you go, you yeah, go, we'll go, you go. Because I, I, think, I think you're right. I, I go write a song with Prince. What's the other option? So Prince, uh, so write a song, party with them, or take them home to dinner with your family. Yeah, so write a song with Prince and then... Party with M- Eminem. Party with Eminem. Yeah, where would you party with Eminem? I don't know if I'd bring an Eminem like, home to um to dinner with the fam. I don't know if him and my dad would get along that well. Maybe. Maybe I'll be surprised. <laughs> uh, awesome, guys. It's so awesome to have you back in the studio. Like, album's out. It's so great. I love chatting to you guys every time you're here. It's so cool. Have the best time overseas. Enjoy playing these shows. And uh, we'll see you when you're back in September. Awesome. Thanks, Matty. Cheers, man.